0: I think they're going to bless us. Amen? Amen? Father, thank you for this day and thank you for your faithfulness, your love. Thank you that our names are written in your book of life in heaven. Thank you that you have given us your great and precious promises And that your desire is for us to be healthy and prosper in this life. And to live with you for all eternity. Help us to grow closer to you today through your precious word. And thereby learn to help others to do the same. In Jesus name, amen. There are a lot of bad things in this world, as you know. Turn on the the news. There's only uh, a couple of trustworthy news outlets. Turn into one of those. Ten minutes, once a week. And you'll get more than you fill. You'll find out. Approximately. A few of the facts. Maybe. <laughs> but you'll get some. Details. And see how things are going. Around the world. But there's a lot of good too. The thing is. Nobody likes to report the good stuff but we should, you know. We're Christians. We're the we're the light of the world. But there is a lot of suffering and you know, there are a lot of groups these days that have been taught to be victims. And they they really milk it. And the truth is that usually they take they start with some truths. There are injustices in the world. No doubt. No doubt. But as Christians, we are taught that we are not to play the victim. And that bitterness and unforgiveness and and all those things that people go to college now to be taught to do are really... Go against our faith and our God. And when you do those things, you're really not trusting in God. Truthfully, though, Christians in this day and age are really the group that is most... If the truth be known, is really the most ridiculed, marginalized, stereotyped, even criminalized, and persecuted in our culture. <clears throat> People get away with a lot of things, but once you say you're a Christian, Then it's like the world can't wait to find something to say, you're just a big old liar and a hypocrite. (laughs) And the truth be known, they don't understand. And there are religious folks that portray themselves as being good because they're godly. But true Christians are just thankful that they're not going to pay the price for all the things they've done and said and they're still trying to overcome in their thoughts and actions you know they found out that God's standard for acceptance is perfection and they don't measure up and they found a savior who is and does, and they've humbled themselves and received that free gift turn to first Peter chapter two today, first Peter chapter two, I think yeah, and I'm just gonna read something out of 2 Timothy 3:12 real quick 2 Timothy 3:12 says Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. It's not a maybe. If you've never been persecuted or any of those things that I mentioned, ridiculed, marginalized, stereotyped, criminalized, (laughs) because of your Christian faith, then you might need to go over to the scripture that I mentioned last week. That says examine yourself to see whether you be in the faith, because the word says you will be persecuted for your faith. You can stay right there in 1 Peter chapter 2. I'm just going to read one more scripture because Jesus addressed this in the last night of his life before he was crucified at what's known as the last supper in John 16:33 Jesus said he told them a lot about a lot of the things that would happen to them. He said, I've said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But take heart. I have overcome the world. That's the good news. Now let me catch up with you guys in 1 Peter Chapter 2. So. I'm actually going to back up a couple of verses. Because the first chapter. Of first Peter. Talks about. Some things that. We are to do how we're called to a holy life. And because we've been born again to this great calling of, of Christ and he's paid this great price that we should live holy lives. And the the, uh, the last two verses, verse uh, 23, uh, I'll start there of the first chapter. Since you have been born again, not a perishable Perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. For all flesh is like grass and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. All flesh is like grass. We we are nothing more than... The grass in the fields, which shoots up and it might have a beautiful flower for a time, but it's going to fade and wither and die and return to the earth. And we take and we glory in our accomplishments and and uh, all the things that the Lord has blessed us with, even our gifts And we take credit and we hang our achievements on the wall for everyone to see. And we call the newspaper to tell them, hey, don't forget to be there to look at me when I do this. And God said, come on, come on. Without me, you're nothing. And it's good for you to know that. I love you, but you really need to get this. (laughs) But he says, but one thing is going to remain. And here it is. The word of the Lord. In these times in which we live. This is something that is so important for the Christian to remember. This is what's real. This is the most real thing in this world. And I'm not talking about the paper. I'm talking about the words on the paper. We'll be talking about this for thousands of years after we're already home with the Lord. How amazing the word is. I believe it's all sequenced and numbered. I I believe that it's it's all the the greatest computer, mathematic program will never be able to decipher how this book is coded and written so perfectly and beautifully. But they get glimpses into it from time to time. If any of you know what I'm talking about, the numbers in the Bible and the names and the Jewish alphabet and all those things and how they all they all add up. But the word of God is going to be something you can always turn to and stand on and believe on. Even when you're persecuted and you suffer for your faith. And it looks like you're the only one left. And maybe you should just blend in with the world. No, don't. Trust me, because Peter Peter also talks about, he talks to people like that. And he says, brothers and sisters, Don't worry, you have brothers and sisters of faith all over the world going through the same tribulations and sufferings and persecutions that you are. So when you stand up for what God called marriage, and when you stand up for a baby that is unborn, and say that's a child according to God, and when you stand up and say no, You were born a boy, and that's what you are. And you get persecuted and ridiculed and marginalized and even criminalized for it. Don't turn. Don't turn to the world and agree with the devil. Just because it looks like everyone else is. Trust God. When you stand for God, when nobody else around you does... He's with you. And you'll find that there's a supernatural strength and anointing for those times. The Holy Spirit will be right there with you. So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. This is the first scripture of chapter 2, 1 Peter. So it's telling us... That, Peter's saying the world is bad, and they're going to treat you bad. But no matter what, don't don't agree with them. Don't be like that. You don't you put away malice. That means meanness. Don't be mean. No matter how mean they are to you, don't be mean. Take deceit away. We we hang our. Achievements on the wall, like I said, that's okay. It has its place as long as when people say, oh, man, you're so awesome. Say, yeah, God has been good to me and through me. And without him, I know I'm nothing. But I'm thankful that I have taken the gifts he's given me and I'm, I'm trying to do something with me. I'm trying to let him lead me and guide me. I'm trying to glorify God with my life, with the things that he's given me. You're just a custodian of those things. Just like your children. You know they don't belong to you. You're supposed to raise them up in God in the ways of God and then give them back to Him. Set them loose. Doesn't mean you stop loving them and turn them. Oh, no. <laughs> you don't answer the phone anymore. No, it just means that they're really not yours. They're His. Put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy. Don't be a hypocrite. Because that's what they're looking for. And why is it that we don't want to do these things? Because we go to hell if we do? Not so much. If you really belong to God, I mean, you don't want to make a practice of these things. But it's because of Him. His reputation is what you're looking out for. You see? when When you go to build a tower, He says, don't you weigh the cost of how much it'll cost before you... Get started, otherwise, you get halfway finished and you won't be able to finish it, and people will mock you and ridicule you. He says the same way with me. When you come on board as a Christian, you're all in, all or nothing. When I came to be a minister for the Lord, it was one of those deals, and I tell you all the time how I argued about that with God, but he said, It's not what you think. Because I told him, There are preachers everywhere. He said, yeah, but they they bring a thousand to me and then they offend every one of them with their life. They undermine all the work that I do in their lives with their own lives, their own example. And that's bad. God's looking for some people that have a heart for him, who just love him for him and don't want to shame him or embarrass him. Put away envy and slander. Don't talk bad about people. And don't want what they have. It's okay to have things. I I have a lot of things I'm believing for. But things don't mean what they used to to me. You know? Some of the most prized possessions I have in this world are things like an inexpensive ring... That my daughter and wife gave me, a, a deck of cards that my wife gave me that she wrote on every one something good about me, and I have it on my, and put our picture on the cover of it. That's so valuable to me. You know what I'm saying? Like newborn, he says, don't do those things. Don't be like the world. Don't be mean. Don't be envious. Talking about people. But here's what you do. In verse 2. Like newborn infants. Long for the pure spiritual milk. That by it you may grow up. Into salvation. If indeed you have tasted. That the Lord is good. Verse 4. As you come to him. A living stone. For it stands in scripture, behold, I'm laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious. And whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. Jesus Christ. Remember last week how I told you all how what a part we all have to play. In the kingdom of God. How Jesus sat down because he was finished. And he gave all his authority and power. In this earthly realm to us. The church. Power to heal and to. Preach the gospel and to tell our testimony. And to help others come to know him. To be the light of the world. The salt. In the shaker. Hopefully gets out of the shaker. Jesus Christ, though, is the cornerstone, the foundation on which we have to build. It's him working in us and through us to do his will. And we're not to try to do or achieve all these things in our own strength. And I hope no one misunderstood that last week. I'm sure you didn't because you know the truth of this, that we're nothing without him, but we're never without him. It's a balance. Knowing who we are now in Christ gives us strength and power and confidence. But remembering what he brought us from keeps us humble. Amen. But never forget that he is the only rock on which we are to build. Psalm 118, verse 2. I'm just going to. I've got a couple of these scriptures that talk about Jesus as the rock, and I want to drive that home. Psalm 118. If you ever have an assignment. This is right around the middle of the Bible. I want to get into that right now. Verse 22, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. That's talking about Jesus Christ. The builders were supposed to be the the teachers of the law, the ones that, that God had entrusted with his his words and his ways were the the Pharisees and the Sadducees of of Jerusalem when Jesus came and they were the they were the ones who were supposed to be the builders building God's kingdom and they rejected the very cornerstone on which it was to be built when he came talking about Jesus Matthew 21 verse 42 Matthew 21:42 Jesus said to them Have you never read in the scriptures the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone This was the Lord's doing and it is marvelous in your eyes He was talking to those same religious hypocrites. He was telling them face to face. Just what it had uh, had been prophesied about him in Psalms. And it tells the same thing in Mark. There's another witness in Mark. And in Luke it tells the same story. Acts 4.11. In Romans 9.33. But look over in chapter 16 of Matthew. I want to show you something. Talking about Jesus as the rock on which we build and the chief cornerstone. Matthew chapter 16. If you ever. Are called to minister the word of God and I believe some of you will be. Never be afraid to say what God has told you to say. Don't be one of those. Who builds your kingdom? at At the expense of God's truth. It's happening all around us. Be somebody who will say what God says, if it if it upsets the apple cart or not. Matthew chapter sixteen, and the thirteenth verse. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the son of man is? He's talking about himself. And they knew it. And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elisha and others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? And look who spoke up, Simon Peter. He replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Verse 17, and Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. This scripture has caused a lot of problems. In the the world and in the church. Because if you're not careful there. You'll think that Jesus saying. Your name is Peter. And upon this rock or upon you, Peter, I will build my church. But that's not what he was saying. I just read you a few scriptures and there's many, many more talking about Jesus being that rock, that cornerstone, that foundational stone on which the church was built and how he was rejected by those who were presumed to be builders And because of that, they couldn't build anything that would last. Because only building upon the rock of Jesus Christ will anything truly last. I made a point of that because the Roman Catholic Church says that that scripture says that Peter was the rock upon which we built the church. And because of that scripture, they say that Peter was the very first pope. And that's where they went off. They built entire doctrine. And entire. Church around it. A church that really doesn't include. The rest of the church. Which makes. Makes it cultish by nature. There's no evidence. Anywhere in scripture. Quite the opposite. As a matter of fact, that anyone who we pray to other than God, the father and Jesus as the only mediator between God and man. Matter of fact, if you ever gone online and I mentioned it before, I think Evangelica's testimony. The girl from South America, it's in Spanish, but it's translated. You'll see she was she was translated up to heaven and went to hell and heaven. And she had been Catholic ish, not very doing very good at anything, really. She was just a young girl, but she's a heck of a preacher now. But the Lord, he introduced her to Mary while they were there in heaven. His earthly mother. And he said, she doesn't know what's going on there. She can't hear people. Praying to her. Tell them. Not to do that. Doesn't mean he doesn't love me. I I believe you can get saved. Sitting in any environment. If you really have a heart for the Lord. And you really want his truth. And you want him. I say that everywhere I go. But I do not believe in. In hindering God's people. For the sake of religion. Matter of fact. Those are the people That. Never got healed. Everybody that came to Jesus. Got healed. But you never saw. A Sadducee or a Pharisee. Religious leader or teacher of the day healed. There were people around him. And those were some of the ones that were sick. And they were never healed. Because they could never receive him. As the Lord and Savior. As the Son of God. So it just sounds like I'm picking on a particular. I'm not against anyone. I love everyone. And believe me, I could, take, I could take a half a dozen or a dozen different denominations within the Christian faith and I could tell you 15 things that are wrong right there. Wrong scripturally. And if you confront them with it, they say, oh, well, there's a lot of things in there we don't believe. That's wrong. This word is what matters. All scripture is God breathed. Amen. Isaiah twenty-eight sixteen. Another old testament prophet. Don't lose your place over there in First Peter. <laughs> Let's read one more scripture here. Isaiah twenty-eight sixteen. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am the one who has laid as a foundation in Zion the church, a stone, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone of a sure foundation. Whoever believes will not be in haste. Praise be to God. There's one other I wanted to look at in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Fourth verse. And all... Drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. 10.4. Ten. <laughs> I'm just going to finish reading here. In First Peter, in the second chapter, where we started out, I want to back up a little because it says that Jesus, now that we've shown that Jesus is that spiritual stone, that cornerstone upon which we are to build, says "You yourselves." Like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house. You are little Christ. That's what the word Christian means little Christ. You know, He lives in you. He, you have the mind of Christ in your born again spirit. You're in Him, and He's in you, and you are one with Jesus Christ. You are seated with Him right now. At the right hand of the father in heaven. These are things that are hard to understand. But you need to understand you are not. You are not like the world. You have been changed. You have been redeemed. Purchased. At a high, high price. That shows you value. Temporarily bankrupted heaven to send him here. And one drop of his precious blood is more valuable than anything we've ever known. And he would do it all again just for you. But you are not of this world any longer. Now that you belong to Jesus. You are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. To offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. Verse 7, so the honor is for you who believe, but for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. Isn't that familiar? How offensive Jesus is to people. Have you ever wondered? Doesn't that seem so bizarre to you? That someone so wonderful and loving and kind can be so hated by the world. Jesus is hated more than the devil. Have a whole day just for the devil or that people love to celebrate with candy. <laughs> I'm just meddling now, right? Harvest Festival People have more confidence In what the devil can do Than they do in what Jesus can do Now that's sad Because it's pretty prevalent Even in the church That's what happens when people worry They believe in more That the devil is going to prevail Than God We have more confidence in him how many people go to Google before they ever think about going to God? He should be our first. I'm just saying. This is not condemnation. This is just food for thought. If it if it's you, this say hey man, I'm gonna change that. <laughs> I'm gonna go I'm gonna go fix up our place, the place where I meet with the Lord. I'm gonna go fix up my prayer closet. I'm gonna get some good scriptures. About healing for my mama. Printed on the wall in my prayer closet. I want to get some good scriptures about the things I'm believing for in my marriage and in my work and in my relationship with you, Lord. And I'm going to put them all around me. And that's where I'm going to start every day. I'm going to meet you there with my Bible. My war room. I'm going to come against all these things that the devil is trying to do. Starting with my family and... All the people in my church, and I'm going to pray for everything. Peace of Jerusalem. Amen. True. Praise God! If you would do that, I'm going to finally talk to Pastor Will about baptizing me with the Holy Ghost. I'm going to pray in tongues, and I'm going to practice that until. I hear those beautiful languages that he says are in me coming out. Thank you, Lord, that you love us so much and you're so kind. You'll become stronger than horseradish in no time at all. I can tell people who pray and who spend time with the Lord, and I can tell when they don't. I can tell it about myself. Amen. I'm no different. We're in this together. Amen. Amen. <laughs> but you're blessed. You're children of God. Ambassadors here for him. Look at yourself and say, oh, <laughs> but you are. You've got gifts and talents and abilities and things in you that nobody else has. You have a kindness and For someone, you have love to give. Real love that doesn't want something in return. You know why I know you have it? Because you have Jesus. And that's his nature. He just wants to give without being noticed. He wants to love and be kind. He wants to plant seeds that grow beautiful things. And if we would take time to focus on our spiritual gardens, we would make sure that there's no bitterness or unforgiveness or any of that kind of nonsense being planted in our hearts. To, and if it were and if it if it did get in there by mistake, through things that we're listening to or watching or meditating on, rehearsing his anger in our hearts and minds. And we see it starting to bear fruit in our lives, get in there. And believe for crop failure. Get in there and repent. Tell the Lord, I'm sorry, Lord. I want that out. I want that out of my heart, out of my life. And because of the price Jesus paid, you're entitled to that now. You don't have to reap what you sow. Because Jesus reaped all the bad stuff for you. Now, unlike the world who's going to reap what they sow. When it's bad, you can go in there. And dig it up before it ever bears fruit. And replace it with good stuff. You're going to get good seed here. Right. I'm going to cause good seed to be planted in your heart. The garden of your soul. Amen. Amen. We end it together. You love Jesus today. You trust Him. Yes. You trust Him with your life. Yes. Your health. Your finances. Your relationships. Your if you trust Him with your eternal life, for, forever is a long time. Amen. Why can't we trust Him with the little things of this life and learn to go to Him, build on Him before we turn to other things and to worry? Amen? i tell you one more thing He said the last night of His life, right there in John 14, 27. This is so amazing. I want to back up because I give you 1426 because I want to show you something about the word. John 1426. The verse before the one I really my favorite scripture is verse 1427. But 1426, I want to show you something. Look for these passages of scripture in your Bible where all three persons of the Trinity are involved. Because it's like it's like they they're jealous for you and they they're one. But when they all get together and they all mentioned in one scripture, it's so awesome. It's a truth. It's a promise. It's a very good thing. Jesus was leaving. He was about to be murdered in a horrible way. And he knew exactly how it was going to go down. All his life, he had studied the scripture in Isaiah 53 that said his body was so marred and distorted that you couldn't even recognize him as a human being. And he was telling all them, don't worry. It's okay. And he tells him, but the helper, I'm not going to leave you as orphans, he told them. He says, the helper, the Holy Spirit, there's the Holy Spirit, whom my... The father, there's the father, will send in my name. <laughs> They're all there. Amen. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. And then he turned from that message from, from him as, as the member of the Trinity. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And he makes it very personal. Very personal. Like he wanted to leave them with just a personal gift from himself. In verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives. I'm not going to take it back. Do I give unto you? Let not your heart be troubled neither let them be afraid. You know how I always talk about a relationship. It's a it goes it's a two-sided coin. It, you have a part to play. He's given us his peace. The peace that helped him sleep in the midst of the storm where the where the where the boat was sinking and he was back there chilling. Peace that when people were going to throw him, you haven't been persecuted to the point where All you've done ever in your whole life was good, and people were fixing to throw you off a cliff. They they did that to him. The whole town came out against him, and they were throwing him off a cliff. And he walked right through the midst of them. they They disappeared. That's the kind of peace he gave to us as his personal gift. And then our part, though, is don't let your hearts be troubled or afraid. That's the part people miss when we start worrying. When we're troubled and we're fearful, it hinders the peace of God flowing in our lives. And we are to let the peace of God be the umpire in our lives. That's how we know which way to go. That's how we know which way he's leading us To to the choices that we make are supposed to be governed by his peace. That's the direction we go when we're worried and fearful. We can't hear him. That's why he says, don't let your heart, that's your part. Don't let your heart be troubled or afraid and you can walk in my peace. Isaiah 26.3 says, God will keep them in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him because they trust him. Trust God. Amen. No matter what. In the end, we win. We win. Revelation 21.4. Right there on the cover of your bulletin today. In the end we win. This is Jesus talking. Right at the end of the Bible. Toward the end. John testifying to what he had seen. In the spirit. I saw a new heaven and a new earth. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. Amen. Father, we thank you so much for your precious word. We can count on your word. You are trustworthy. And faithful, and your word is good and true, and you love us. Thank you for helping us to see all of these treasures hidden in your word for us, not from us. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have paid the ultimate price for our blessed salvation, and you love us forever. And we can endure anything that this world throws at us because you are with us. You will never leave us or forsake us. And our home is with you forever. No one can take that from us. No one can snatch us from your hands. And we love you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.